You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers. And do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Our hosts will help you make the most out of the mobile web. Learn the latest in the world of mobile, web development, search, email marketing, text message marketing, and more. Leverage your mobile presence today. Now, now, prepare, prepare to get mobilized. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile. You're listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. We uh, have the pleasure of talking to Ken Singer. Again, we talked to Ken last week, and he was telling us about uh, a company called her, his company called Trend Mobility. Uh, and this week, we have him back, and he's talking about another company uh, that he's working with or on, or, um, and it's called Ondigo. Uh, they're an application platform. So why don't you say hello, Ken, and sort that out for me. I know I didn't do it as clearly as you could. Tell me... Uh, you know what your role sure. is in both of these companies. Last week we talked about trend mobility. Today we're going to talk talk about Ondigo. So tell us a bit about that. Sure. So well, Ondigo is a mobile application and platform provider, and it's been around for a little under two years. And we're out of Berkeley, California. And it's if you can find us at www.ondeego.com. And uh, just to unpack that, we build mobile applications for brands, enterprises, and also provide our platform, our development platform for developers to leverage to build applications for whomever they'd like. So, uh, you know, with, with the iPhone, Apple has made Cocoa available for developers to develop on for just their devices. We have a platform called Cell Author that allows developers to develop for 70% of the rest of the market which are all Java-enabled handsets. Wow, that's impressive. Is that, uh, I haven't seen anyone else doing that. Do you guys have a lot of competitors on that, or are you the only one that's doing that? Uh, well, we've got a lot of competitors who have the same, same objective, which is to allow developers to reach this large audience. Uh, whether they reach that, 
that goal or not is kind of how you package the marketing. So a lot of companies focus on a specific kind of con- uh, uh, audience, like the consumer or the enterprise. We have a platform that's very ubiquitous or uh, universal that you can leverage for consumer applications. You can use it for enterprises. We're optimized for BlackBerry. We uh, support Windows Mobile devices, and um, so for us, we're we're much more. I would say we're kind of the Swiss Army knife of mobile application development. It sounds like it. So let me make sure I understand this correctly. So if I want to develop an app and it's not an iPhone app, I can use um, your platform and develop it once, and your platform platform will transcode it uh, for yep. all the other phones and all the other app stores. Yep, exactly. So what you do is, you know, in typical application development for Java, you need to be a Java engineer, which means you probably spent four years in the school in the basement of a building coding forever, learning how to put things together in lines of code. It's not visual. With Cell Author, it's completely visual. So you, what you'll see is when you log into our system, an emulator, a phone emulator, and then all of these wind tools that you have at your disposal to build an application. And you can literally see it being produced right there. With traditional development, you have to compile your code and then see if it runs on, on a phone. With us, you literally see it happening while you're doing it. So that's one of the advantages. And then the other part that you were talking about where we support all of these handsets just out of the box, the way that we do that is that if you build an app in our system, we have a special way of reconfiguring the application per handset. So once it's downloaded to your phone, our application figures out all of the different parameters of your phone, like how fast mm-hmm. your network is, what kind of buttons are on your uh, keypad, what will make it crash, how many pixels it mm-hmm. will draw across the screen. And based on that, it will literally reconfigure itself. It's very intelligent. It will reconfigure itself to maximize or optimize the experience on your particular phone. So there's only one build. You don't have to make changes for different handsets. It's literally just one app that works on Nokia's, Sony Ericsson's, Blackberry's, Windows Mobile, um, uh, Microsoft devices. So it's very intelligent that way. And talk to you, because I, I imagine that there are lots of people that have questions about how that works, That's, but it sounds uh, like it's really great. Now, is there um, a, an app submission system as part of your platform where I can say, okay, I want now that I've built this app in this platform, I want to submit it to here, here, and here, or is that something that they need to go do on their own? So right now, this is something they would need to do on their own, but we are talking to several several carriers and app stores out there. Uh, about integrating w- into their system. So if you build an app in our platform, it will be uh, fast-tracked through an approval process at the, at the carrier. And once it's gone through okay. that, you could immediately put it into their app store and start making money. And that, that's one of the key issues that carriers are facing as they go into doing their own app stores. They don't have the advantage mm-hmm. that, that Apple has. Apple has only one device. It's one platform. Right? You build it mm-hmm. once, and it should work on about... 12 million iPhones and another 15 million I, iPhone, I'm sorry, um, touches. iPod touches, right? So mm-hmm. you, you don't have to do much changing. But with every other phone, there are actually about 8,000 cell phone to OS to carrier pairs. And what that means is that if you have a, an identical BlackBerry 
one on AT&T and one mm-hmm. on T-Mobile, yeah. they won't work the same because yeah. they're using yeah. different networks, right? So we we let you not have to deal with any of that. You don't have to think about that. You just develop for one application, and it should work mm-hmm. on all of those phones. You know, I talk about that a little bit when I talk about mobile SEO in, in that, you know, if you're on the same handset and two different carriers, your results result set is probably going to be the same, but if you're on the same carrier in two different handsets, you could get different results. Um, and that's just because the spiders are, are ranking things based on how, how well they're going to render on your phone, which is kind of a similar uh, or exact opposite of what you're talking about, is the application adjusts itself uh, for your phone, which I think is ingenious. And, and especially the fact that y- what you've done is you've uh, created an intelligent application that will uh, determine what it needs to know and, and uh, do it itself rather than pinging a massive database, um, you know, like uh, what's that one device atlas or anything like that, to pull the specifications. You, you've created someone th- or something that will automatically get those specifications without querying a huge database. Exactly. And think of, think of what uh, is required when you ping a database. It has to be in the database. So as right. new handsets come out, someone has to populate that database for you to support that phone. With us, it's, yeah. we're, we call ourselves future-proof because we don't care what you say that you are uh, when it comes to a phone <laughs> model. We care what you tell us you do. So if we do a bunch of tests yeah. and find out you behave a certain way, we'll just reconfigure the app to fit the, that behavior pattern. So new phones that mm-hmm. come out, we support them even before we even know they exist. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. It's it's so smart. Now, the other thing that you have to take into consideration, though, and, and I imagine that your technology does this, but it should be said that not everyone, even if we're on the same phone and the same network, you and I could have different settings within our phone. So I could have turned off all my images because I'm trying to save on my bill, or you could have your browser set to you know one size style browsing, and I could have my browser set to a different style browsing or, or things like that. Does your system uh, adjust for that as well? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it finds out what your setting, personal settings are and will accommodate them as well. Yep. And actually, that's one of the biggest points in Europe because they still pay per byte that comes to their phone. They, a lot of countries don't have all-you-can-eat buckets for data. They still pay yep. for each thing, that packet that comes down. So with that, a lot of, a lot of people don't want video. Right? They want right. to have a still picture. And so our system can, uh, can understand that and send what you specifically have designated for your phone. Yeah. Now, I was reading about a campaign that Nike did in tandem with um, a Mountain Dew Extreme Sports uh, event series. And what they had done was it was in the U.S., so they know that or they knew that most people didn't have QR code readers on their phone. So instead of using a traditional QR code bar scanner, they had people take pictures of something that was like a QR code, but not exactly a QR code, and send a picture message to them, to a short code, and then they decoded that code on the back end and sent them, you know, the requested data. And what it was was, you know, pictures of sports figures at the event. And so if I, you know... Did the if I took the picture of the QR code on Sports Figure A and sent it in, then they would send me back pictures and info and video and, and whatnot about you know Athlete A. 
And right. I thought that was interesting, but at the same time I was thinking, you know, we're having to pay a lot to send that uh-huh. picture message and then to get it back with the video and all that stuff. And so it was kind of a good way of getting around the fact that no one in the U.S. has QR code readers, but at the same time, it lost a lot of the value of the QR code reader. Right, right. And that's one of the issues with, with new mobile technology is that you need to somehow have a player or some kind of uh, application on the phone in order to do some of this stuff. QR codes, augmented reality, all these yeah. kinds of, of clever and useful ways of, of accessing content require a player or a reader or some of some kind. So that application that you described with uh, Mountain Dew and Nike, that reminds me of a company. They're, they're a team out of Caltech. I can't remember the name of the company. It has robotics in it. And they have come up with a technology where you take a picture of something that they have already scanned, and they've done a finger, essentially a fingerprint yeah. of the picture. And if you take a picture of that particular thing, and, and they have, you can actually take a different angle. It doesn't have to be straight on. It can be angled by 15, 16%. It will recognize that if you send that picture to them, they'll recognize it. Just like a QR code, yeah. I think the company's called Mobot. Uh, They they license the technology from this other company. Yeah, Mobot. Yeah. 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 And I think maybe in the U.S. we'll skip QR codes, although I I don't really think that, but it's a potential if it just depends on which it all which uh technology is adopted faster in the u.s but i mean i think qr codes are are fantastic and interesting have you seen i saw something just recently about how they were now as a, kind of a joke uh but also a bit of a promotion there's a brand of chips um and they they actually used like you know, edible ink and printed QR codes on these chips. And, um, you know, while you're eating your chips, you could scan the QR code and you could see if you won or, or whatever it was. That, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> I, I love that idea. And, and that, see, there, there's, there's a lot of fun to it, and it's something so clever that it would force, it would make me, and I'm, you know, I, I, when it comes to technology and I'm in this industry, I don't want to go through too many steps do something. But if I saw a QR code on a chip, sure, I would spend five, ten minutes trying to get a QR code reader on my phone so that I could try it. Because I want to yeah, know but, what's on the other side of that. But what if you're hungry? Like, if they put them on, ev- on like, <laughs> one chip in the bag, that's fine. But they put them on every single chip, and I was like, oh, man, what if I won, but I'm too hungry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, uh, I guess that's, that's a, um, that could be something that they could play up on in their marketing, right? They would have to talk to me so I could say, don't do it on every chip. They might be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, you know, the cool thing about QR codes is that it, 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 it's, people really need a signal to do something, right? When you yeah. see a short code, it tells you, ah, I need to type this into my, my short code text SMS um, application to get something back. With a QR code, ah, I need to take a picture of this so that I know to get something back. With these pictures where you can just take a picture and it being sent up to the system, there's no signal to you that there is a mobile marketing campaign. And that's one of the big things with, with uh, mobile is giving people a prompt, letting them know, ah, this is, we want you to interact here. Mm-hmm. And it's got to be so intuitive that you don't have to give them an, an instruction set. All you have to do is provide them with a short code and a keyword or just a, a semicode or a QR code to know that yeah. they can interact with that. 
Well, and what I've been seeing, because, you know, you and I have talked offline, and I mentioned that I'm, you know, writing this book and doing all this research, and what I've seen is the most successful campaigns are ones that integrate multiple kinds of technology, so they'll they'll have, like, a Bluetooth and an IR system or a Bluetooth and near field or whatever, so that if you know how to use one technology, you're fine, and if you know how to use the other technology, you're fine, and you don't have to use both, but right. it just has, and it's kind of even like an elegant degradation system where, you know, if you have Bluetooth enabled, that's great, and you can get it from a long distance away, and if you don't, but you have near field, then you, you get it from a, a little bit less of a long distance away, but it, it still works, and, you know, if you don't have near field, then you go to IR, or whatever, you know, but right. you kind of, right. you have that planned degradation where you can address uh, even the least capable phones, or, or some of the lesser capable phones, I should say. And, and Right, and if for people who really have thought through the problem, that's exactly how they approach it. And we call that a multi-point campaign. Mm-hmm. So you, you, it's not just a single-point solution where you're trying to gain, uh, engage someone with one particular type of campaign. That yeah. you, you see that on traditional uh, mm-hmm. marketing. You see that on digital marketing where someone might place a Facebook um, page and they'll have their own own website, they'll have Twitter, those are multiple points, right, multiple touch mm-hmm. points. So with mobile, same thing, and it's more technological because not everyone's going to have Bluetooth, not everyone else, everyone's going to have a QR reader, but a really well thought out campaign will, will take that into account, and I can give you an example of, a, of one that I was involved in a couple years ago. Well, hold before. on just a second. Oh, let's sure. let's go to break because I want you to have plenty of time to to do your example. So I'm going to take us to break, okay. and then we'll be right back, and we're going to hear some more uh, really great integrated mobile marketing campaign tips from Ken Seiger. Seeger, how do I say Singer. that? Singer. Sorry, I don't have it up in front of me. Um, all right, so we'll be right back. Uh, this is Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile. You're listening to Mobile Presence. We've been talking to Ken from Ondigo, and this is webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this quick commercial break. Mobile Presence will be back after we connect you to our sponsors. RevenueWire.com and its member merchant, LavaSoft. Makers of the world-renowned Adaware present the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest. The LavaSoft Affiliate Contest goes from May 15th through August 15th. Make great commission and win up to $64,000 in cash prizes. Look for all the details on the LavaSoft Affiliate Contest by logging on to RevenueWire.com and look for the LavaSoft logo on the homepage. Win big with LavaSoft and RevenueWire.com. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. 
This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR Web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online release news and content distribution service. Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. Stay ahead of the trends with Affiliate Marketing Insider. Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are your hosts. Hi, everybody. This is Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile. You're listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm. I'm here with Ken from Ondigo. Uh, we've been talking about some really cool uh, mobile applications. He has a fantastic uh, platform for developing apps that allows you to develop at one time and then uh, get it spread out to all the different uh, carrier app platforms and stuff like that. Uh, easily, seamlessly, quicklessly, or quicklessly, quickly. Um, and so we were just about to hear a really good example of an integrated marketing campaign that uses a lot of different technologies and multiple touch points. So, so Ken, let's let's go back to where we were. Why don't you t- uh, give us that example? Sure. It was a it was a it was a brand that needed to do an event, and it was a, it was a traveling event. They wanted to be able to reach people. Uh, as many people as possible, but they also wanted to uh, showcase the fact that they were cutting edge and they were pushing the envelope. So rather than just choosing one technology, they signed on to mobile as a full as a full commitment. So they spent an enormous amount of money figuring out what their audience would use and what their audience didn't know about so that they can introduce them to this new technology at this event. So on the low end, they did text messaging campaigns. That was that was standard. So at each each station within this event, people could text in and download a wallpaper or ringtone. And then the next level was Bluetooth. So they enabled certain areas with Bluetooth that when you walked in them, you could download a, an application that would allow you to do some something really cool. So it allowed, it was almost like little Easter eggs throughout this event that people had to go and see. And they could do it through text messaging, Bluetooth, and then they even had a QR reader. And this was back when no one had QR readers. It mm-hmm. would be one station in which you could download it and another couple other areas where you'd start seeing codes. And it was really imperative for this brand to showcase that they are incredibly cutting edge because that was part of their brand, that they are innovative, that if you... Uh, engage with this brand that you are you are technology mm-hmm. so they spent an enormous amount of money in making that pitch and making that that message resonate and they were very effective because the ROI that we got and I can't give you the numbers on it were really really strong the number of people who went through the event they captured uh, through um, 
some kind of, I, I guess they had something through the door where they keep track of who's coming in. But then they also compared that against the people who text messaged in at each station. They compared that with Bluetooth and it, and the QR codes, and it did. It scaled very similar to how we thought it was going to, that you're going to have lots of text messaging. You're going to have uh, a lot less Bluetooth, but you're going to have some, and we did. It was pretty significant, actually. It was, it was uh, a bit of a surprise there. But with QR codes, we did have a, a low hit, but they did a survey at the end of this thing, and they got information that people were impressed by that. They were like, what is this thing? And they were asking questions about it. So they achieved what they wanted to in their marketing plan. They Not necessarily with the numbers, because they, they knew that the QR codes weren't going to get what they wanted in thousands and thousands of users, but they got the buzz around it that made their overall marketing objective of being associated with technology and cutting edge very successful. Okay. So the results that they got were, were really exciting because they had gotten exactly what they had asked for. They wanted both reach and and sexiness and, and pushing the envelope. So the, they kept track of the number of people who went through the events, and then they compared that against the people who did the text messaging campaign, the people who did the Bluetooth, and then the people who engaged with the QR codes. And so the numbers reflected their expectations, that they got a lot of text messaging. They got some Bluetooth, significant actually, it was more than they had anticipated. But with the QR codes, yeah, they had very little activity there which they had expected, but they got feedback back from people who went through the event who had asked about it and who had mentioned how cool that was and that they wished they had a phone that would be able to support that. So the feedback was really aligned with their marketing objectives of reach and sexiness. Yeah. And for them, that was, that was worth the investment that they made. So, so that's fantastic. That's really interesting. But so that prompted me to think of something which has been bothering me forever and that is um, this idea that there are a lot of companies that are using mobile technology to position themselves as new and cutting edge and sexy and who have you noticed that's not there because for me I keep noticing the carriers are not in the bandwagon so yeah so the carriers are not on the bandwagon and you've got to forgive them a little bit because they come from the world of, of uh, uh, monopolies it was a monopoly yeah. that was broken up, and, and they're still thinking a bit along the lines of, how do I make money from selling? Yeah, well, they're busy worrying way. about how they're going to make money in the future because that's pretty tenuous. Uh. Right, but it, 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 but it, it's in a way that is very, very clear. It's how do I make money off of my customer? What they don't, yeah. they've never really figured out, which the media industry has figured out, is I can make money off of other people who want to make money off of my audience. Right, the mm-hmm. media side, which you're familiar with, with SEO and SEM. So that yeah. that's a model that they're not used to. And I remember seeing um, several articles way back when Verizon, which, by the way, until recently didn't let people download free wallpapers and ringtones. Their mantra was, "We've trained our consumers to to pay for everything. So if we give them anything for free, yeah, it might be branding, and and a brand might be paying us to do it. The consumer then will be." condition not to think everything here is of value. So yeah. there is really a cultural issue here with, with carriers, and eventually they'll get there because you have to, you have to widen the, the, your reach and you've got to widen your revenue channels, yeah. but they'll get there. 
Well, and wasn't Verizon the company that actually um, disabled the uh, the address bar in the browsers on their phones for a while? <laughs> they said, no, you have to use our on-deck solution. <laughs> Even though it comes with an off-deck solution, we won't let you go there. You know, I would not I would not be surprised. They, they have been, you know, Verizon is a very good company when it comes to the quality of service. I think no one can dispute that. But when it comes to... Consumer practices, consumer, um, uh, uh, they have been known to do things on behalf of the customer without the customer knowing. Uh, yeah. Making marketing, uh, creating marketing programs that aren't necessarily to the T, and they've had to roll some of that back. They've been sued by, by consumer protection groups before. So yeah, Verizon has a, kind of a, a, a difficult time with that, but I think it's it's because they're trying to figure out what kind of revenue model is going to work for them, and they don't want to make well, a mistake. And and here's my thinking. I mean, you kind of alluded to this just a minute ago, but I think the revenue model for all of the the telecoms, but especially mobile telecom, is going to have to adjust. And and mobile has this huge opportunity because they know or have access to so much information about their subscribers. And while there are laws, and, and you probably know this better than I do, but there are laws uh, about what they can and can't do with that information, to my understanding, they can't sell information about you or information about me, but they can market to you or me based on our behavior if it's just um, like through their online portal. Or... And, and correct me if I'm wrong, couldn't they begin to aggregate that data about their subscribers and, and be like a, a second to Forrester or something like that? Um, I Yeah, absolutely. And I know um, a lot of this stuff is already captured. From what I understand with carriers, that information is there. Um, when 9-11 happened and uh, the administration... Uh, requested information about people's cell phone usage, usage and phone usage, the carriers complied and gave information other than Quest. I think Quest was the only company that didn't. But these carriers gave information about you and me and everyone else in America to the government without us knowing. So this information yeah. is there. And uh, no, uh, there's a lot of scary things about mobile. I, I, I have to be honest about that. It's, it's totally 1984, but I don't care. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, if you use Bluetooth, if your Bluetooth is on your on turned on on your phone, anyone who has a Bluetooth jack nearby can know where you are because each Bluetooth device has a unique identifier. So if yep. the government decides at some point to just Bluetooth enable the entire country, they could know within right. a couple yards of where you are standing, not just yeah. triangulation, but literally where you are standing. And that's something that I didn't know up until recently is that every Bluetooth has its own little, its own unique code, just like a MAC address on a computer. And so what I've been thinking, similar to what you just said, but um, what I've been thinking is maybe it's going to be that number on the Bluetooth, but maybe it's also just going to be your phone number. Your phone number is going to become more like a social security number. Because like things like, do you know iGoogle? Um, when you're uh -huh. on iGoogle? And they're tracking all of your uh, searches and your search history so that they can give you better search results based on what you've clicked on before. And right now, when you're on your, your computer, you have to log in. But when you go there from your phone, you still have to log in. But I don't think you should because they can detect your phone number um, and, and just know that it's you because you're the only potentially or 
you know, realistically, you should be the only one using your phone. So when things can detect your phone, they can kind of almost assume it's you, just like uh, what you're talking about with the Bluetooth. Um, they can tell where you are. Well, no, they can tell where your phone is, but we can draw that correlation and assume that you're with the phone, right? right. Or you're with the right. phone number. Exactly, exactly. Up to, the, up to a point when someone starts at a regular basis cloning phones. And that, that's something that is currently possible but not done frequently. But it is something that I imagine as people find ways to, to rip other people off and steal on, on yeah. mobile, they'll find ways to do that. So I think that's another market that's not tapped yet, which is how do you secure your mobile activity? People take it, they view it almost as a key. Right, they put everything mm-hmm. they, they, every password, everything they 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 do, their entire lives are in there. Well, in Japan, we it Blackberry. actually can be a key. Well, absolutely. Have you seen but, this? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it can be used as a credit card. It can be used as yeah. a, a house payment key. system. <laughs> right, right. But one of the things that people forget is that there there's a um, there's a memory. There's I would call it muscle memory in a device that oftentimes mm-hmm. can't be pulled out. So, like with Blackberries, a lot of people will get a new Blackberry and they'll just recycle their old Blackberry. When they do that, mm-hmm. they forget to toggle off their email system. It, yeah. So yeah. when someone uses that, that Blackberry again, all of your email still gets dumped into that device. Mm-hmm. And that happens all the time. We get refurbished Blackberries all the time for testing and we get random people and I've gotten executives email. I'm talking at <laughs> levels. Um, their email is still being funneled into well, these old devices. Yeah, I mean that's a huge enterprise. Uh, mobile security is a huge, huge topic, and and some some of the simple stuff really hasn't even been been figured out, like getting a universal remote kill um, application that's on my computer, where if I lose my phone, I just go to my computer, you know, and and kill it. That way, any sensitive data you know, that was on there can automatically be backed up to a cloud and pulled off that phone or something right. like that. I mean, but there's right. not even, you would think that that would be one of the first pe- first um, applications that one of these security companies would create and make it cross-platform, but I'm not seeing that. Well, so for enterprises, it, it does exist for BlackBerry, and the enterprise okay. launch for Apple last summer had that capability, so the IT manager could kill your device, could wipe it. Yeah. But, I saw um, that with the with the Apple stuff, but and, but right. it's all phone by phone. You get your iPhones or you get your Blackberries, but there's nothing that's just like a, a Kleenex of remote kill, you know. Well, well, maybe that's maybe that's an opportunity that one of your listeners would uh, be pursuing, or something that you could pursue, because that really would be a, a very valuable thing, even for consumers who don't want their personal pictures that they might have taken with their cell phone somehow floating around on the internet. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like you think that guy who, um, oh, what's his name? I can't think of it. But the guy who has the trucks run around with his Social Security number on them, um, and he sells some kind of um, personal, um, you know, personal asset management where it's um, <clears throat> blocking you from identity theft, essentially. Essentially, and he says he trusts his stuff so much that he's willing to put his Social Security up on number up on billboards and posters and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of silly because he actually campaign. did. What? What a brilliant marketing campaign that is. It was brilliant, except that he actually <laughs> did get his identity stolen. <laughs> oh, well, 
<laughs> this <laughs> if, is if it works, quite yeah. as well as we thought he did. But but you'd think like someone like that would go you know all out with something similar. Um, but yeah, so there's well, it, massive it's coming. opportunity, it, I guess. It, point. Right. I mean, it's coming. It requires you know a lot of this stuff requires a crisis to happen for people to see the opportunity. And with security on mobile is, is going to be the next big thing. It's, it's, it's going to, as mobile payments and uh, mobile banking become more popular, you're going to see different ways that people are defrauding each other. And it's not, just, it's not going to be coming out of Nigeria. You're not going to just get those kinds of things. You're going to have people who are in the U.S. who are going to be trying to, to do that because we're, we're, at this point, reliant so much on these devices that um, – you know, if, if someone were to steal uh, someone else's BlackBerry, it's almost as good as stealing their, their wallet on some yeah. level. Well, I mean, I heard a study that said that people, uh, if people forgot their keys or their wallet, they were less likely to go back home and get them than if they forgot their cell phone. Yep. Um, you just can't, you can go without your wallet, you can go maybe without your keys, but you just can't go without your cell phone anymore. And, and you're totally right, when, when everyone is doing mobile banking and everyone has every password that they've got stored on their phone, then yep. that's when we're going to need, you know, stuff like the, the remote kill applications that are cross-platform and easy to install and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, um... So it's been fantastic talking with you, Ken, today. Um, really appreciate you joining us for the show. We're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, so go ahead and give us uh, your contact information. Give you know one last little plug sure. for Ondigo, and, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. All right. Well, Ondigo is a mobile application and platform provider. So if you're a brand or an enterprise or a developer who's looking to develop apps for not just three percent of the market with the iPhone market but for seventy percent of the world market then uh, come talk to us my email address is ken.singer at ondego.com and that's spelled o-n-d-e-e-g-o okay thank you so much Ken it's been great having you love to have you again Uh, But we'll wrap it up for today. This is Cindy Crum from Rank Mobile. You're listening to Mobile Presence on webmasterradio.fm, and we'll see you next week. know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry-free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.